0: Welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture.
1: Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community.
0: On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around god's word to advance christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community my name is ron young former headmaster at providence academy and founder of the palatine institute and i'm noah tetzner
1: a curious student of classical education and podcast producer
0: through our conversations we look forward to sharing fellowship knowledge and practical wisdom for his glory here on the Quarter Three Strands podcast.
1: Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to A quarter of Three Strands. Here we are at season three of the podcast. This will have been our 30th episode.
0: Wow. That's uh that's crazy. That's crazy. Thirty episodes. Thirty-one, including 30. the bonus. I oh, guess. yeah. The bonus that uh yeah talking about my firing the, the tell all <laughs> bonus episode
1: <laughs> make sure you listen into that if you haven't already well mr young you know today's episode we're going to be talking about the kingdom of god and the family and i understand yes. the family is really our our theme for
0: season 3 that is correct yeah we we are in desperate need of reforming the family and um i i i showed uh, noah um a while back the, some statistics i saw from the pew research uh, center talking about how like you know in 1960 like 87% of all children were in a in a two family two two parent household yeah and um today it's like or in 2014 it was like 61% and it's and it's even getting lower and that was including two parents in remarriages right so in the in nineteen sixty it was um six like sixty seven percent or some on you know some pretty huge number it was um or i'm sorry seventy four percent seventy four percent were in right uh two parent families and it was their first or only marriage and um and then by um two thousand and fourteen it's like less than half are in the two <laughs> two parent and And you look at that, and that's frightening, um, especially when we look at the statistics of well, children, right, children without fathers, children of divorce the the, yeah. the hard lives that 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 can occur the the suffering um, you might say or trauma that doesn't end, and the effects of divorce are the same, whether your child is uh, um, nine or nineteen uh, that again, from uh research that it affects you yeah. um in a ways that are that are negative uh mistrust uh this um it, it it your your life tends to play out with that narrative in the back of your mind and and it, and it's just it's just hard it's not it, it's not something that can't be overcome it it's nothing that can't be redeemed yeah um by the by the grace of our lord jesus but What I'm saying is, is that the culture around us has collapsed so hard and so fast, right? That it's, it is, um, it is in desperate need of reformation. And so if we're going to affect culture and develop Christian culture, we have to first, I think, um, look at the family. And, uh, and so that's, that's why season three is the family. Season four, we're going to talk about the church. Um, and we'll make lots of enemies then <laughs> I'm teasing, Yeah, you know, we love you all. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's, um, and, and so this season, I, I will just warn you, like I, I'm going to, uh, because it's desperate times, it calls for desperate measures. And, um, my hope is to speak truth in love and, um, but truth is often hard. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not going to hold back on things. We're going to talk about, like, for instance, in future season, we're going to talk about the role of a husband and the sins of a husband. We're going to talk about the role of wives and the sins of women, of uh, sins of wives. Um, which I, I am, I understand that that's taboo. Like you can talk about men all that you want and how horrible they are, but you can never talk about <laughs> the sins of women, especially coming from a male. Right. 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 so but I'm, I'm not going to hold back. We need it. Um, it's going to be, um, and I, I promise you again, it's, it's, it's in love. My, my, nothing that we talk about again, um, can't be redeemed by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing is irredeemable. We can, you know, we can work it out. And and the family is tough. I, I know listeners here, if statistics are true over half of you come from divorced families, or half of you are divorced, um, right. things like that, right? So I'm, I'm saying this um, not in a way of, of accusation and going, oh, look how horrible you are, right? I'm not. I'm saying, look at our society, look at culture, and, and we must all come to agreement that um, it's not good. It's not good, and it's getting worse in that regard in terms of family life. And unless we do something, unless we take it seriously, um, things will get even worse. Yeah. So for the, for the sake of our children and our grandchildren, uh, let's get our act together, right? Yeah. Let's get our act together. Um, let's take it seriously. Let's, there, let's, let's really work at this. So the family is, is, um, is the backbone of it all. And, uh, and so today we're going to introduce that topic and, right. uh, yeah, the way the way we I want to introduce it is our our title is the kingdom and the family, the kingdom and the family.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, so let's uh, let's start with this premise. Ready? Yeah. Okay. God made everything, and He made it good. And when He made man, male and female, He made them in His own image. It was very good, and He rested. Right, Genesis yeah. one. Genesis 2 talks about how Adam uh, was made um, dust of the ground, breathed life into him, yeah, put in the garden to guard it and keep it. And, uh, and you all of a sudden hear this weird uh, evaluation. It is not good, right? Not good for Adam to be alone. So God puts him in a deep sleep, takes a rig, rib from his side, forms another human, a uh, A woman and uh to be his wife and um it it is um adam wakes up and breaks out in poetry (laughs) seeing, you know (laughs) bone of my bone flesh my flesh right so um it's a beautiful story and uh the, the two become one flesh we hear that you know that that's what marriage is the from for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they will be one flesh and it's all, and this is, this is all very good. This is the intent. And the purpose we see in marriage is threefold in Genesis. One is she was created as Adam's help meet, right? That means a, a helper suitable for him. Uh, if you look at the, the, the Greek, I'm mean, sorry, the, the uh, Hebrew, and it, it, it literally is a compound word, word that means like opposite, right? So like opposite. The woman is like opposite him. So he's, so she is also in God's image and human. Yeah. But not like him and that she's female and he's male. Right. Right. So thus, at the very beginning, we understand marriage is between a man and a woman. They're like opposite each other. Yeah. And that's, and that's it. I won't get going any further than that today, but that <laughs> that's, that's the thing. And now they can have, they can procreate. Right, they, that you know, man and woman come together as one flesh, and one of the the fruits of their love is children, and there you have a a, a family. the th- The third reason is that they are to um, have companionship. Now, I'm not going to say friendship. I think that's different. There, of course, you look at you know C.S. Lewis's Four Loves. Uh, he talks about storge, the affection and that needs to be present. You know, if, if you're gonna have a happy life, a happy family, a happy marriage, there has to be affection, the store gay love. So the third reason is companionship, right? Yeah. Not not friendship as in terms of like, you know, you have a a, a friend or an affection, although that's necessary, you know, in CS Lewis's uh, Four Loves, they talk about store gay, you have yeah. to have an affection. It also talks about f- or this friendship love. that's good too, in a marriage. but yeah. but really what it's talking about, if you take the Latin roots of com- companion, it means someone to share your bread with. Mm. And in the ancient world, uh, bread has is the symbol for civilization or work, right? So you know it's not like you just pick fruit off a tree or grab something off of a bush. Yeah, you know bread. You you have to plant wheat. You have to harvest it. You have to thresh it. You have to grind it. You make flour. You add yeast and water and salt and
1: yeah,
0: right. You you make this dough. You let it rise. You knock it down again. You let it rise. You (laughs) put it in the oven. You know you use fire, and you have this completely amazing thing, and then and you eat it. Right. Right. So so if you think of if you think of marriage as you're you're gonna have you're to have kids so that you can fill the world earth and human beings can have dominion over it all and um and you need help in dominion um companionship has the idea of someone to share the fruit of your work of your dominion mm. right so that the the husband and wife are building a life together and they're they're their dominion over their their home their household uh and they're doing it in such a way that they can share in that the fruit of their labors the fruit of their their dominion yeah. together and that, i mean that's very different from a a, a friend right like right yeah so I, you know if i have good news you know I, I don't mind sharing it with my friends you know we might go and celebrate together but that's vastly different than my husband my than a husband or wife like my wife and i sitting back and having a meal with my grown children and, and, and just in f- just enjoying yeah. um, what's become of them and they, the men and women they've, they've become. It's, it's just an amazing thing. Yeah. Our whole life has been being built up together and we can enjoy it together. And that's that idea of companionship, right? So, so this is what God does at the beginning. Um, and of course, Genesis chapter three happens.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> you have the fall. Um, and, and things go badly, right? The, there's broken relationship with God. There's death now in the world. There's uh, the, the husband blames his wife for things. And of course, also God indirectly. You have uh, blame happening. You have mistrust. You've got nakedness being ashamed and vulnerable to the world and to, to the wrath of God and his mm-hmm. displeasure. You, you have all sorts of things that have affected human life forever, but not just human life, the whole natural world. And even the, the, uh, heavenly places, there's a fall Yeah, and, and everything is, the creation is just, just really messed up. And, and Genesis four, you see that the fall continues Genesis five, Genesis six. It's so bad, right? That that God wants to wipe it all out. And, yeah. you know, you so you have the flood all the way to 11 and you have the tower of Babel and they're still rebelling against God. And then you get to Genesis 12, right? So God intended all this stuff for good and the family and now the world and everything. And it is affected by sin and it's bad. It's all, you know, this is good. Blessing, blessing in chapters one and two. And from three to 11, it's curse, 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 (laughs) curse, curse. Right. Then 12 comes and God calls Abraham, Abram at the time, calls Abraham, chooses him, elects him. and and promises him blessing, that he's going to bless Abraham and his descendants, so that the world might be blessed through him. In other words, God's plan to bring blessing into the world is by calling Abraham and uh, the promise made for he and his descendants. Now, we're his descendant. I'm his descendant. I'm not a physical descendant of Abraham, but I'm a spiritual descendant of Abraham through Jesus. Right. The the plan has been that the whole time that God is going to reverse the curses of this world through Abraham and his descendants. And Jesus, of course, being that descendant of Abraham, is the one who has defeated the evil one and um, right and Mm -hmm. and broken the curse. He brings blessing as far as the curse is found, as we sing every Christmas or as (laughs) the curse is found. okay, Yeah. So um, so. So there, there's that that, book too. It is a book. Yeah. far as you had to read it in in Providence Academy reading. Yes. I think my, my, uh, my daughter had that book around far as the curse is found by that's by Horton. No. Who's that by? Oh, I'd have to look. I don't know. And someone came up and said, Oh yeah, I read that in seminary. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Come to Providence. You should send your kids to Providence Academy. They read good books. Anyway. Um, far as the curse is found and, um, but God chooses Abraham and his descendants and he's going to choose to, to bring blessing into the world through them. Later on in Genesis, uh, chapter 18, um, God visits Abraham in the form of these three angels. Uh, if you remember the story, they're on their way to go see about the wickedness of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboiim, the, the places on, in Zoar, these five cities, and he's going to wipe them out. Right. And, um, Anyway, uh, they're, they're about to leave to go do this. And the Lord says, that is Yahweh, God says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And then verse 19 of Genesis 18, very important. Ready? For I have chosen him. That he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. So this is his statement. I have chosen Abraham. You're gonna make him this great and mighty nation. So I'm gonna talk to him about the future events, right? And bring him into my council. Yeah. But but this statement here says. I've chosen that he might command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring about to Abraham what he has promised him. All right. So, this is, this is an amazing statement. So, God has chosen Abraham. He's going to bring blessing into the world. And through the people, Abraham's descendants, there's going to be this cursed world is going to be blessed. And it's through Abraham. And how God is going to accomplish this through him. Is by Abraham commanding his children and his household to live in the way of the Lord, right? Right. His family is going to be taught how to live in the way of the Lord and live rightly and justly. And that is how God is going to bring blessing into the world. And we have the same commands, it's the same thing, right? God has chosen us. He has called us to himself in Christ as children of Abraham, and we are continual, continually to train up our children in the way of the Lord. That's what Paul says to us, right, in, in uh, Ephesians uh, 6, or 5, I'm sorry, in Ephesians 5, we are to train up our children in the way or the paideia of the Lord. It's the, it's the same thing. How is God going to bring out about this blessing? into this cursed world through his followers and in the family, train the children to do this.
1: Okay. Can I just ask
0: Mr. Young? So,
1: okay. Is it accurate to say the objective of a marriage is to build a family, procreate and have offspring Uh, is, and, and I'm certainly not implying anything. I'm legitimately curious is it right for a man and a woman to get married if they have no intention of
0: having children? Um, that is a great question. Yeah. What I would want to do is I would press on them uh, as to why. And my guess is that there's some sort of either sinful desire um, that they don't want to do it. What God has commanded us to be fruitful and multiply. Um, or it's some sort of, uh, which, which would include like fear, right? right? I'm afraid to bring people into this world because I think it's really bad, even though we know that God wants to bring blessing into the world through our own children. Yeah. Um, so that's a lack of faith, right? Fear, you know, um, um that if, if we, if we truly love God and love what his plan and purpose, um, then that's going to cast out such fear. So, so there's a, there's an issue probably of of faith there. Now, if it's an older couple, like say they're beyond childbearing years and they still would like to have companionship, um, and, and things, I think that's perfectly fine. Right. Um, but I think there's, there is a, um, there's a part of us, and this is weird because it's 2022, because when I, uh, when we say things that are perfect, would it be sound very normal at every other age in human history? (laughs) Right. Right. Um, we, we, we now look at this as being radical. Yeah. Like God wants you to have kids and that kids are something that everyone desires or that should desire. So if you don't desire to have kids, something's wrong. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So let me say that again. God's plan and purpose is for us to be fruitful and multiply and through our children have dominion, godly dominion. Dominion. So our, our way that God is going to be blessing this world is through Christian parents, raising their children to be a blessing in this world by following the way of the Lord. Yeah. And that this is, this is God's great plan and it's a wonderful plan. And if we sit there and go, yeah, I don't think so. Then, then either God is wrong or we are wrong. Yeah. Just to be blunt, either God is wrong or we are wrong. And, and so I, I would say when we look at that, when we have to think to ourselves, well, maybe I'm wrong, but Mr. Young, you might say, who can afford to have a big family or how, who can afford to, to do all this? It happened, We do it all the time. <laughs> the, right. The, the, que- the question is, what are you willing to sacrifice to have a family? What right. kind right. What are right. you? So I know, I know that you have dreams. And these dreams include, you know, traveling to Europe all the time and being on the beach and, you know, all this, you know, great, great stuff. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with going to Europe. There's nothing wrong with going to the beach. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But if that is something that you're choosing over, with God's plan. Right. Then we have to rearrange how we think about it. Right. So l- let me talk just briefly, and because we're going to have this in the in next episode. Um, but just the idea of the atomistic family, Yeah. Right? So, um, sociologists have looked at and talked about how families are structured throughout different ages. And t- next episode, I think we're going to talk about the Roman family versus the domestic family that came yeah. in with the advent of Christianity and bringing it into Europe and stuff, um, in- into the Roman empire. And then today's is called the atomistic one. And basically it's, it's this. So. You know, if you look at a family as being a molecule, a molecule is made up of. Oh, man. Atoms. Atoms. Yes. Hey. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and so so in the in the past, you know, families would look at themselves um, as a household. First, we're a household. And the members of the household, these individuals are working for the benefit and the good of the, the household. In the atomistic one, it's the, the actual individual parts of the family make up the family. And generally, the idea of the atomistic family is, is that they're all looking to be happy. Hmm. Like the purpose of marriage and family is to be fulfilled, right? So the husband or the man marries the wife because he thinks he'll be fulfilled marrying her. And she thinks she'll be fulfilled or happy marrying him. And they're going to have kids if they think it's going to make them happy. If it's not going to make them happy, they're not going to have kids, but they might think one might be happy or two. I don't know. Right. The limit, you know, it's about self fulfillment, happiness. How can I keep uh, my my model like body uh, as long as I possibly can? And more mm-hmm. children is going to wreck that body. Uh, how can I have more time to do things? How can I spend more time watching, you know, sports when I have too many kids? Right. There's all these things that, yeah. and it's about balancing life. And uh, how I can be, how I can get my needs met in my marriage and my family so that I can be happy. So that's, that is currently the the type of the label Mm. that is given to our families today. And it is not biblical and it is a, a disastrous thing for our society, as you can see by the divorce rate. And yeah. as you can see, right, because because when everyone wants to be happy and they're looking that that somehow this is going to fulfill their need and make them happy. It never does. Mm. Right. So, you know, if my if my wife isn't fulfilling me or my husband's not fulfilling me, the idea is I got to go find another husband or wife. Yeah. Right. So you do, you divorce uh, and, and then you have kids and you think, OK, I'm going to focus my energy. I'm going to make them give them happy experiences and happiness and give them that iPad that they want and, you know, get them and they're never happy, right? They're never happy. And the more you try to make them happy the the less, the more miserable they are. And it just sounds horrible. And so, you know, and that's the talk even in this at Providence Academy, hearing from parents, like how many times they're just, they're exhausted. They, they think you know, their yeah. kids are out of control and not happy. And all you're trying to do is make them happy. Well, just stop trying to make them happy. Make right. them disciples of Jesus Christ. Right. Right. Give them a higher purpose and discipline them because there's a purpose for it. So if, I, if the family and the household is really to be honoring to God, to glorify him and to establish uh, his kingdom on earth, There's a purpose behind marriage. That's greater than your own happiness. So the first part of it is, is that you have to understand God has a kingdom that he's establishing. And I have the privilege, the amazing privilege to be a part of that kingdom. And I have the responsibility, the obligation, and again, still a privilege to help advance that kingdom. And I get to do it through raising a family, which is awesome. And through my family, blessing my neighbors, blessing my community, blessing my world. And it's a fantastic mission and a wonderful vocation. And it's fulfilling as all get out. As long as it's, as long as that fulfillment isn't the thing we're aiming for, right? As long as the fulfillment stuff is secondary to the, to the primary goal of glorifying God and doing things for Christ in his kingdom. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when, when the, when the, when you're trying to become happy, and that's your goal, you won't succeed. Mm. When you're trying to make your kids happy, you're not going to succeed. But when you're pointing everyone toward, in the same direction, toward God's kingdom, and, and living and, and for that, so that you might be a blessing to the world, guess what happens? You end up with happiness, and yeah. you end up with fulfillment. You end up with purpose you end up with stability, you end up with a lot of love, and, it, and it's good. And it's all very, very good. So most of the time, when I hear people talking about marriage, I'm just to be very, very blunt about it. And you, you listen to a video or pick up a book, almost always, it's about how to have a better relationship with your spouse, right? Right. And it's, and it's about you know, this technique or that communication, technique or communication yeah. and, you know, those types of things of, about, you know, listening. So you can kind of fulfill the need of the other and, you know, da da, da 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 and you know why there's so many books about this and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And, on. and yet divorce is still high and still high and still high because so none of it focuses on purpose. Right. None of it's <laughs> none of it says, um, God is establishing his kingdom and he's going to do it through you and through your family and raise your children to follow me mm. and to, and to, to, to do this. And right. You know, and so your the need for communication isn't, isn't just to make each other happy, right? It's also necessary f- to the, for that fulfillment of your, your vocation of this calling, this high calling to be a blessing to the world. And when we get our eyes off of us and onto Jesus and to his kingdom, it makes it so much easier and better. There's a, there's a narrative here that's beyond me or my wife, right? Beyond me yeah. or my spouse, beyond my kids. It's it's a it's a grander thing, and it's a bigger thing. And I guarantee you, I I just I challenge I challenge all my audience. And and you know, is this is, is go look and find really good happy families like mm. solid like these are good folks, and and uh, and just examine them. Right, and and I will I will guarantee you I will bet that their number one priority is not happiness. Mm. Their number one priority is not happiness. Yeah. Their number one priority is they're serving something greater than themselves. Right, it's God's kingdom. Yeah. Right. Seek first my kingdom, Jesus says, first, and all these things will be added to you. And then we don't believe, then we promptly forget what Jesus said and pursue other things. Seek first His kingdom. And all those things will be added to you. And, that, and that's, the, that's the key. The kingdom of God is first. God has, has a plan. He's made us in a way that we can, we can be a blessing to the world uh, in Christ and through him by teaching our kids the way of the Lord. Now, this ought to cause us to stop for a moment and think, do I really know what it means to follow the Lord? Right? Right. Do I, if that's the purpose and maybe I don't know what that means, well, then you're in a good spot. You're in a good spot because what what we'll do is we'll talk about this throughout season three, right? I get 10 whole episodes all about family. Yeah. And part of that's going to be, what does it look like for a family to follow the way of the Lord? How do you teach? that to your kids? How do you discipline your kids and, dis- and disciple them? Yeah. In following the way of the Lord. So if you're, if you get to that point, if this is the purpose and this is what we ought to do, then the, the question, next question is, is what does that look like? How, how does that happen? So you're gonna have to wait for a little bit. <laughs> so, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about, um, uh, kind of the, uh, the, the family, the purposes of marriage and more in detail. Uh, and then the uh, episode three is going to be about the schemes of the evil one, because we really need to understand what Satan is doing mm. and, and how that affects marriage and uh, family life. And um, our because our battle is not with flesh and blood, your spouse is not the enemy. <laughs> Satan is the enemy. And, and he has particular methods that, that we all in, uh, fall into. And so we'll talk about those things in the next uh, couple episodes.